Welcome, uh, and to those that are joining us on uh, our recordings, it's good to have you join us as well. Uh, today we continue our series founded in Deuteronomy, but then we use that as a launching pad as we look at uh, its relationship with the New Testament and ultimately with our lives. You know, it's easy in the hustle and bustle of life to get lost in the, the stuff of life that... Um, we can so much so with us getting caught up in the stuff of life that we can actually forget to live well. Perhaps it's because we get stuck in the routine of life that it just sucks meaning out. Perhaps we've been tripped up by something that's affected our body's normal rhythm. Perhaps we've forgotten how to live life well. Perhaps we're early in our journey of exploring what it means to live our life well. Or perhaps we've been knocked off balance and we're scrambling to find that firm footing. Perhaps we stand on the cusp of something new or different. And in all of this, how will we choose to live life well? Moses and the people of Israel stood on the cusp of something new. But Moses knew that he would not go with the people. His journey with this nation as a parent, as a leader, was about to end on the east side of the Jordan. He was about to hand the baton to Joshua. Still, for now, Moses had an opportunity to give a series of passing addresses to a people that he had faithfully led out of Egypt and for the last 40 years through the wilderness to the now. In a series of messages, Moses, like a loving parent who cares and, and sees the child grow up and is ready to move out of home, and with the child's car in the driveway, packed, ready to go, Moses says his goodbyes with a, don't forget to. With the experiences of the past and a prophetic awareness of the future, Moses says to the people, if you want to live this life well, knowing how life and relationships aren't always easy, then in the midst of it all, don't forget to choose well. If you have your Bibles with you, then I invite you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 4, and we're also going to have a look at John chapter 15. So Deuteronomy 4 and John 15. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 4, 32 to 40, has this record of Moses' address to his kin, to his extended family, the nation of Israel, to live well, choose well. Now search all of history from the time God created people on the earth until now and search from one end of the heavens to the other. Has anything as great has this ever been seen or heard before? Has any nation ever heard the voice of God speaking from fire as you did and survived? Has any other God dared to take a nation for himself out of another nation by means of trials, miraculous signs, wonders, war, a strong hand, a powerful arm and terrifying acts? Yet that is what the Lord your God did for you 
in Egypt right before your eyes. He showed you these things so that you would know that the Lord is God and there is no other. He let you hear his voice from heaven so he could instruct you. He let you see his great fire here on earth so that he could speak to you from it. Because he loved your ancestors, he chose to bless their descendants and he personally brought you out of Egypt with a great display of power. He drove out nations far greater than you so that he could bring you in and give you their land as your special possession as it is today. So remember this and keep it in firmly in mind. The Lord is God, both in heaven and on earth, and there is no other. If you obey all the decrees and commands I am giving you today, all will be well with you and your children. I am giving you these instructions so that you will enjoy a long life in the land the Lord, your God, is giving you for all time. If you want to live well, then you need to choose well. This doesn't mean that there won't be challenges of disappoint or disappointments. The world um, that the people of Israel lived in was broken just as ours is broken. And that's not about blame, but reality. But even living in a broken world, we cop out if we think our choices don't matter. Not just the big choices, but the dozens of little choices as well. There are lots of things to distract us that, and that can easily have us get caught up in the stuff of life. We can chase after all sorts of things. And this was no different for the people of Israel. They were going to set foot into a new land. They were going to move from being a nomadic people to people who would set down deep roots. They would move from traveling light to start to accumulate stuff, nice stuff, but stuff that can easily distract with the shimmer, with their touch, with their taste. They could even get to the point where they look at all that is around them, all that they have accumulated and think, I have done well. Moses reminds them of the grace of God not sure if you've ever thought about the difference between grace and mercy before, but I've heard it described that mercy is not giving us what we do deserve. Mercy is not giving us what we do deserve, the negative results of our decisions. Grace is giving us what we don't deserve. Mercy is not giving us what we do deserve. Grace is giving us what we don't deserve, the positive results, despite our decisions. Here Moses calls the people of Israel to remember that what they have and what they're about to step into is because of the grace of God. Verse 34 says this, Has any other God dared to take a nation for himself out of the other nations by means of trials, miraculous signs, wonders, war, a strong hand, a powerful arm, and terrifying acts. Yet that is what the Lord your God did for you 
in Egypt right before your eyes. And then skipping down to verse 37, because he loved your ancestors, he chose to bless their descendants. And he personally brought you out of Egypt with a great display of power. He drove out nations far greater than you so he could bring you in and give you their land as your special possession as it is today. What may be a veiled reference to God's grace here is made blatantly apparent in what seems to be almost a blunt term that God uses in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 7 to 9. The Lord did not set his heart on you or choose you because you are more numerous than other nations, for you are the smallest of all nations. Rather, it was simply that the Lord loves you and he was keeping the oath he had sworn to your ancestors. That is why the Lord rescued you with such a strong hand from your slavery and from the oppressive hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love to those who love him and obey his commands. When things go your way, and you're tempted to pat yourself on the back and think, I deserve all, I all the good that I have. If you are tempted to think that Yahweh God was just so impressed with you as a nation that he, he plucked you out of Egypt. If you're tempted that you think God owes you, then think again. It's out of God's love and grace that you are about to set foot into the promises Yahweh God has made to your ancestors. God chose you and God's grace is shown to you as Moses declares in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 35 and 39. He showed you these things so that you would know that the Lord is God and there is no other. And in verse 39, so remember this and keep it firmly in mind. The Lord is both God, is God both in heaven and on earth, and there is no other. To live life well, then choose well. Choose to have Yahweh God as your God because there is no other. God has proven faithful to the nation of Israel over the generations. So Moses calls the current and speaks forth into the future generations of Israel to trust Yahweh God and to live in that reality. Moses calls them to choose well. If you obey all the decrees and commands I am giving you today, all will be well with you and your children. I am giving you these instructions so that you will enjoy a long life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you for all time. A few thousand years later, God takes on flesh and blood. Jesus, both fully God and fully human, walks among the nation of Israel, his own people, 
Living under Roman occupation, Jesus grows up among his people with family and friends. Near the beginning of his three years of earthly ministry, Jesus chooses 12. These 12 are not the up and coming. Yet they were savvy small business owners, a shrewd tax collector, and a zealot thrown in for good measure. A zealot was a religious fanatic, passionate about overthrowing the Roman occupation, and would just as likely reach for a sword as the scriptures. In John 15, we're reminded that this mob of men and the women that also hung around as well, who followed Jesus, were not necessarily the A-grade scholars. They were the ones that John West would reject. But Jesus chose them. Jesus graced them to be his followers and to live a transformative life, to live well and to love well. But they had to first choose well. In John chapter 15 verses 9 to 17 records these words of Jesus. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you to produce lasting fruit so that the Father would give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. God's grace to a group of overlooked men and women manifest itself in a beautiful way. Jesus chose 12 to be his disciples, but more than just 12, he looked to them as his friends, friends of God incarnate, friends of God made flesh. And in this passage, we see in the final months of ministry in John 15, um, and this is the final months of ministry um, that we rec- uh, have recorded in John 15. And as such, the followers are now on the cusp of a new chapter in their lives. They are about to embark on a new adventure like one that they could have never imagined. As Jesus is about to hand the baton on, Jesus reminds his followers to choose well. To experience overflowing joy, not the fickle emotion of happiness. To abide in God's love. To have an intimate relationship with your creator who will speak with you and guide you. To produce fruit that will last. Fruit that is transformative and enduring. 
to have a relationship with Yahweh God, that changes things. To grow in your experience of this, to live life well, then Jesus, before he returns to the Father, Jesus reminds his followers, don't forget to choose well. Obey my commands and love well. We'll look some more at the covenant relationship of obedience next week. Still for now, it's important to remember that these are not some draconian obedience that is devoid of life. Instead, this is obedience that leads to full life, to an abundant life. Yes, with its challenges and heartache. Yes, with loss and pain, but life with hope and healing. Life with promises realized both now and into the future. But Jesus calls his followers to choose well and to love well. Once again, this is not some kind of sugar rush kind of love that gives a person a quick hit, but a deep, abiding, in for it for the long haul love. It's interesting here that here in verses 12 to 14, Jesus says something that we remember each week through communion, but sometimes only half of it. Each week we remember that Jesus demonstrated that there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. But what Jesus commanded in verse 12 is this. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Jesus calls his disciples to live a self-sacrificial love, to lay down one's life for others. It's sobering to note that according to Christian tradition, Stephen, James, Philip, Matthew, the other James, Matthias, Andrew, Mark, Peter, Paul, Jude, Bartholomew, Thomas, Luke, Simon, Barnabas, all died martyrs' death because of their love for Jesus and others. John was sentenced to be boiled in oil, but instead was banished to the island of Patmos or to the area of Patmos. Each one of these early followers of Jesus were prepared to take Jesus at his word and to and they lived well and they died well. Not well necessarily in human terms, but in kingdom terms, they chose well living to the very last days as friends of Jesus without compromise, without turning back. For us today, we are faced with a variety of decisions um, every single day of our lives. Some of those are little decisions, while others are big decisions with last, long-lasting effects. For us today, God has called us to be followers of Jesus. And as tough as it might be to hear, we, like the Israelite nation and the first disciples, 
We have not been invited. We have not been chosen to have a relationship with Jesus because of how good we are. You're good, but sorry to poop your party. You're not that good that Jesus thought, oh, I'll choose you. But that's where grace arrives for us. Romans 5.8 reminds us, as we were reminded earlier in our service today, that while we were sinners, Jesus the Christ died for us. Paul continues to write in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through to 9. And he explains Jesus' grace in this way. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. As Deuteronomy says, there is no other. Jesus is the faithful friend and our saviour. No, things will not always be easy or turn out the way we might like. Just ask the first followers of Jesus. But Jesus does offer us life like no other. And if we want to choose to live well, if we want to live life well, then Jesus reminds us, then don't forget to choose well. Obey my commands and love well. As recipients of such grace, with the invitation of a personal, intimate, whisper to the depths of your soul relationship with the creator of the universe, with, with the offer of overflowing joy that endures in adversity, with the opportunity to co-create transformative fruit that will last for eternity, a relationship with Yahweh God that can change things, then if you want these things, Jesus calls us today to choose well. Don't forget, choose well. Choose to put God first in the big and the little things. After all, there is only one God. And when we get that right, when we choose to have no other God before Jesus, then everything else falls into the right perspective. Choose to invest in this relationship, this invitational friendship, and choose well, to love well, to love others with a sacrificial love, a love that does not deny loving oneself, but a love that gives to others out of a love for Jesus and an honouring of self. And it is Jesus' promise that if you choose well, you will live well. A life of hope that transcends this life. A life that, that engages with eternity and can transform eternity for us and for others. So today, my encouragement is, will you choose well? Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you for the life and the example of the nation of Israel and the disciples of, of where they get it right and when they get it wrong. 
help us to learn from their example of how to to live life well by choosing well by by choosing you among uh, above all other things to choose you to put you first in our life in the decisions that we make that the decisions that we make will have a a ripple effect uh, that they will be decisions that will show that we love you well that we long to honour you as our only God and that as a result of this grace that we have experienced, that we would also then choose well in the way we love others in a sacrificial, in for it, the long haul sort of love. Lord, in the mixed up way that this world can be at this time, help us to keep you first. Help us to live well by choosing well. Amen. So how might we respond today? Well, there's a couple of questions that I have for us to reflect on and some music will be played as well. But what are the big choices that are before you? And how might you choose well in a way that, that celebrates your relationship with Jesus. What are the daily choices that can foster a deeper friendship with Jesus? And who might the Holy Spirit be reminding you of that Yahweh God wants you to love well? So music will be played. I invite you to respond to the things that God's saying to you today. God bless you.